You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. I was blessed tonight. Some of the songs that you chose are interesting in, in where I'm going tonight in the message, but uh, also again with the Petrakos and uh, the ministry that, that they have. Uh, years ago, I had a, there was a Sunday school series that was printed that we used in our church. It's called the Key Chapters of the Bible. And uh, Brother Mike, you'd be interested to know that uh, two of those key chapters, uh, one was Romans chapter 10, another was John chapter 3, and you're printing John and Romans. And, uh, <clears throat> but you know, in, in different chapters, there's also key verses. And I was thinking in John, uh, Gospel of John, you may have heard of this passage before. I don't know, John 3, 16. Are you familiar with that at all? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, <clears throat> it's been said that uh, John 3, 16 is probably the key verse for unbelievers, key verse that they need to hear and know. But the key verse for believers to hear and know and obey is in Matthew chapter 28. And I'm going to have you turn there, if you would, if, you can, if you're able, if you'll stand in honor of God's word. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 28. Uh, <clears throat> for most people, John 3.16 is very familiar. For believers that are really responsible in their place, uh, this passage is equally uh, familiar. Ought to be familiar, I'll put it that way. If you're not familiar with it, uh, somewhere you're missing out. <laughs> and so you're very familiar with this one, I trust. But I want to notice some particular things. And I thought in the context of tonight, the bab- baptism and all, the uh, Lord just kind of drew me to this well, well-known passage. But look at Matthew chapter 28 and uh, verse number 18. <clears throat> Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. <clears throat> Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them <clears throat> in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do rejoice in the time we have together this middle part of the week. We can come apart and rest a little while together around the Word of God and the fellowship one with another. Again, Lord, I thank you for this church. Thank you for the... The lighthouse it is to this community and to this city and to this area. And Lord, I pray you continue to bless uh, Brother Jet and his leadership here and the uh, folks here, Lord, that they'd get behind him as I trust they've already done. But Lord, and uh, together uh, go forward and see great and mighty things accomplished. As we've read this passage here tonight, this is our marching orders as it's been called. It's our responsibility uh, as believers It's to be carried out through the ministry that the Lord Jesus established called the local New Testament church. And so, Father, help us to step up and realize and and, uh, be responsible in our place uh, to to fulfill, Lord, the commission that you've given us, I pray. So just here tonight, remind us of it. I know we're mindful of it, but, Lord, we need to be called to attention. And I pray you'd use this service in which to do that. I pray you'd help me to be a blessing. Uh, Lord, just speak to me as well as through me. And Lord, may your will be done. May your dear son, 
and our blessed Savior be exalted and all of us be drawn to him, I pray. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1 uh, tells us some things of this very event here that takes place in Matthew 28. Uh, of course, the giving of what we know as the Great Commission. Someone said it's great in its vision, it's great in its responsibility, and it's certainly uh, great in its need. Uh, and it's great that God would count us worthy to have a part in it. Yes. And so the commission that we're given uh, as, as believers and again as New Testament churches is known in that way as the Great Commission. This, this passage, of course, as I say in the event itself, all took place about 40 days, you know, after the Lord's resurrection. And uh, just really moments, of course, before he ascended uh, back into heaven. The one thing mentioned in this passage here in Matthew uh, has really given place to some considerable, what I'll call, it, call consternation. I want you to look, just go verse ahead there, verse before it, verse number 17. This is again when the Lord Jesus shows up here, uh, <clears throat> takes them out to the, uh, the mount where he's going to ascend. It says, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. And here's the little phrase, but some doubted. Have you ever read that? I don't know if you've given some thought to that, uh, but I have. And again, I say there's, there's some consternation, a lot of differences of opinion as what in the world does that mean? <laughs> what could they have been doubting at this point? Hello? We're talking about his whole life and these disciples that are there, they've ministered with him for three and a half years and then uh, they saw him crucified and gloriously resurrected. Amen. And boy, the transformation that took place in their life, of course, uh, when the resurrection became real. Uh, like so many of us, they weren't paying attention. He'd been talking about that for some time. The very reason they were going to Jerusalem was that whole event of his passion and the crucifixion and the resurrection. Somehow, like us, in one ear and out the other side, you know, and over the head, somehow they weren't paying attention. But then when the realization of it all took place and... Uh, uh, then 40 days thereafter, they're with him much of that time. And of course, so again, doubted what, for heaven's sake? <laughs> Certainly not doubting that he's God, hello? That couldn't have been what it was. Okay? Or <clears throat> that he resurrected, and I'm talking about had really died. You've heard some of the uh, excuses or some of the... Uh, attempts to discredit what happened by saying, well, he was just in a soul sleep or he was, you know, so, so exhausted that he passed out for a few days. Uh, well, I think, again, uh, Joseph of Arimathea <laughs> and uh, Nicodemus, I think they would give testimony he was dead. I think the Roman soldier at the cross, hello, uh, he was dead. Okay? And they laid him in a tomb. And... Uh, Certainly that he resurrected, ask Thomas. We talk about doubting. He's kind of known for that, is he not? But not when he held the Lord's hands in his side and he said, my Lord and my God. And uh, the very uh, truth of the resurrection became real, of course, uh, to Thomas. <clears throat> Could it be, uh, some have said this when it says some doubted, uh, maybe a reference to past tense, some had doubted, you know, 
like Thomas had doubted, uh, <clears throat> which could be, you know. Uh, and then the question is, who doubted, you know? Uh, well, would it be any of these 11? Uh, how about the over 500 at one time Paul talked about? You think they doubted that, <laughs> that he'd resurrected, you know? Or who, who again, who, who's it talking about here? Well, you can have your own opinion. You can do your own study in that regard. But, but I believe here the, the record, I think the, to, the context here, it is in fact these 11 remaining disciples I think it's at this very point who are present at this occasion, at this event. And I think it is among those who doubted. Some doubted. Well, uh, another little thing's been said in reference to understanding Scripture or knowing Scripture. Someone's put it this way, the best commentary on the Bible. Have you heard this? Help me. Best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Yeah. And rather than go to some commentators or some philosophers or some <laughs> guessers <laughs> on what they think, uh, it's best to go, again, to the Word of God as best we can. And I, I believe, again, we, we will learn some things and, and find some things revealed to us. The Lord Jesus told the Pharisees, search the Scriptures. And that's the responsibility, I think, that we have, too. Come on, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, not embarrassed by the fact that I don't know or I, I, I don't have any idea. No, study. And uh, so again, when you go to the scriptures, I think that's where you will find wisdom and understanding. And I think certainly the answer on this occasion as to who doubted, I believe is found, you can page over to Acts chapter 1. Go ahead and page over there, Acts chapter 1. Luke's account, of course, of this event. And I want you to look at verse verse number 6. Start there. When they... Therefore, we come together, that's, that's the disciples, that's these 11, okay? They ask of him, the Lord Jesus, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the othermost part of the earth. I think there it is. I think what they doubted is like, what now? <laughs> What's next? You know, where do we go from here? You know, I think that's really, they, they weren't certain what's going to happen now. They thought, well, is he now going to establish his kingdom, which they'd been looking for for some time, okay? So they doubted as to what was to be expected or what is it we're to do now, okay? <clears throat> Let me digress for just a moment to say that the word of God is mankind's handbook for every purpose in life. I'll say that again. The Word of God is man's handbook for every purpose or every condition in life. It does speak to everything. Amen. Amen. And thank God for it. That's why we have it. And uh, I could chase a few rabbits, but let me just say in passing, people have all kinds of questions about things. Let's go back to Genesis, you know, and they talk about, well, the Bible says a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. And so it could have been a thousand days that God took to create, you know. Well, now remember, that's God. For him, he's not confined to space and time. But this is a book written to us. (laughs) So it's written in terminology that we understand for our learning. Come on, it's for our learning. So when he said six days, come on, 
it's six 24-hour days because that's our context. That's our understanding. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say that, come on, this is written for our learning. It's, it's our handbook. You need to have one of these. You got one? <laughs> you, can't, you can't really live without a handbook, you know. And uh, God's given us a handbook for, for daily living. Okay. <clears throat> now, I would say every purpose in life, one of the great questions that's asked, uh, people postulate, who am I? Where did I come from? And where am I going? Well, amen. <laughs> the Word of God tells us all that, doesn't it? Okay. And there's, there's lots of things, again, that the Bible tells us about who we are in our life and our whatever, you know. Uh, it tells us, for example, how to be. Be. How to be. Listen to this. Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God. There's none else. I'll tell you what God wants everybody to be. He wants everybody to be saved. I said everybody. Uh, there's... <laughs> There's kind of a sick, sick what's the word, uh, secular thing, circular thing that comes up and around, comes up now and then, called uh, Calvinism. Yeah. And I've been speaking to this lately. I may have said something when I was here last August. Uh, it kind of comes up and people kind of buy into it. And then in time, it gets kind of discredited and it kind of passes, passes from the scene. It's just cyclical. It comes up and up and it's come up again. I've always said it this way. Any doctrine that takes a man's name is suspect at best. And uh, Calvinism is a damnable heresy. I'll say it again. It's a damnable heresy. God so loved the world. Remember John 3.16? That whosoever. Okay, it's a whosoever will gospel. And uh, John, 1 John chapter 2. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Yes, he is. So again, the, the gospel's open to whosoever and everybody. God wants everybody to be saved. Someone said, why hasn't he come back yet? He promised to come back. I'll tell you one of the things, I re, one reason I think he hasn't come back yet is because he's, he's long-suffering. He wants everybody to be saved. And there's a multitudes, unnumbered multitudes of people yet, yet to be saved. And if they're not saved, they're going to spend eternity in hell. But God's not willing that any should perish. <laughs> so again, he... It's a handbook on how to be. Then it's a handbook on how to live. <laughs> Starts out some basic tenets of how to live and the Ten Commandments. That's kind of the outline, isn't it? <clears throat> but here it goes a little farther for believers particularly. Be ye holy as I am holy. That'll keep you busy, won't it? <laughs> Somebody say, well, what's the details? Well, how's separation? What are we supposed to do and not do? Be ye holy. That'll take care of a lot of questions, Okay. So again, how to live. Uh, what to expect. Well, a lot of questions today. What in the world's going on in this world? What, what can we expect? Amen. We've read the last chapter. We know what to expect. That's right. We win. <laughs> and we're out of here. Okay? It's going to wax worse and worse, and then we're out of here. So the Bible tells us that. What to do. How to serve. Come on, just you name it. It's a handbook. Tells you, gives you all the information you need. So you can be a responsible, faithful servant. <clears throat> Which, again, for a disciple of Jesus Christ, here it is in Matthew 28, the text we have, when they doubted as to what they were to, to, to do, here is what you're to do. <laughs> and it's called the Great Commission, or I could say in a practical sense, I will call this the disciple's primary responsibility. Hear me again. The disciple's primary responsibility. 
Come on, we all have individual uh, responsibilities. God's, God's will for our lives is personal, right? He has a personal will for every one of us. But I'm telling you, there's a, there's a general, basic, primary responsibility that all of us have. And it's basically uh, summed up, again, in this key scripture, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. <clears throat> he states the responsibility, and I like this, then he ensures that it can be done. Someone said, God won't call you or lead you to do something, and he will not enable you to accomplish it. Yeah. So again, this primary responsibility. Come on, everybody, look around. Look around. This applies to all of us. This isn't a lesson tonight to say, well, that wasn't for me. I should have stayed home. No, I'm telling you, this applies to you. And it's a primary basic responsibility that all of us have. Look again at our passage here in Matthew 28. Look at verse 18. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. First of all, know this. Your authority is the greatest authority of all. Brother Petrarco, you know about authority and, and the military and the uh, commander-in-chief is the president. It goes down from there, the different generals and what have you, and it comes down to you. You could be a buck private, but you're under a lot of responsibility, okay, and a lot of authority, okay, and there's a proper authority. God is a God of authority. God wants things to be done decently and in order, and that speaks again of authority. The authority is the greatest. The Lord Jesus said in John 20, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Come on. We are God's agents, and we are under his authority. No greater authority than God. Come on. Hello. He's the Lord of all. He's the Lord of lords and King of kings, and so the greatest authority. Come on. We're not... Put some credibility in who you are. You're not just here sucking air. Come on, you're, a, you're an agent of the Lord God and you're under his authority and you go forth with his authority. That's right. Man, that, that's a powerful. Amen. And God intended for it to be. <clears throat> Again, help me here, Brother Petrago. <clears throat> if, you, if you were given orders by a general, okay, would it be right for you to say, who do you think you are? <laughs> well, you might say it once. <laughs> Real quick, you'd, be, you'd find out who he is, okay? Because, again, he's operating under the authority of the United States government, okay? Well, there's, a, there's an authority greater than that. Come on, I, I, <clears throat> we're facing things today that we're kind of getting back to the apostolic age, frankly. We're facing things that particularly American Christians Thank God we haven't had to face in our history. But you don't live in a cave, do you? <laughs> you are familiar with things that are going on in our country. Things are changing. I say it all the time. America I grew up in really doesn't exist anymore. And uh, what's called the state. Come on, our government, by design, was to be of, by, and for the people. That's a government. That's, that's founded on, again, our, our founders went to the Word of God to see how it ought to be. And they established it that way. Somebody say, man, come on, we've, we've benefited from that. Thank God for it. Okay. But now there's developing what's called the state. That's a whole different entity. 
And the state expects you to submit to their authority. Okay? Well, again, we know from Scripture, government is established by God. And if we're supposed to be responsible to God, then we're going to yield ourselves to the authority of government. Come on. But there comes a point, and there has many times in history, where government oversteps its bounds or its authority, and it demands of those under it to do things that God, on the contrary, says not to do, or demands that they not do something the Word of God commands that we do do. All right, then you're going to face a question. Who do I obey? Well, come on, for a believer, it's a no-brainer. It's like Peter told the Sanhedrin, we must obey God rather than man. Okay. When the question comes of whether it's right to do, come on, this is the final authority on what's right. And so we're to yield ourselves to God's authority. It's the greatest authority. Come on. And we're the agents that God has sent under that authority and yea, with that authority. Praise his name. Okay. Number two, look at this in verse 19. I call it, this is your assignment. You have, your authority is the greatest, but then your assignment is clear. Again, another military term, Brother Petrago. But look at verse number 19. Go ye therefore, he's talking to these, these disciples, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, okay? teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Okay? You've probably heard it said, the first word of the word gospel is the word go. Yeah. G-O, first word in the word gospel. The responsibility we have is to go. And so then you have teach, and teach in this context is evangelize because you're basically going to teach or inform people of the need that they have they may not be conscious of. And they, you know, again, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we're to teach them, we're to illuminate them, we're to give them understanding of their condition before God and their need of a Savior. And praise God, we know who he is. There's only one. And so we introduce them to the Savior that they need. <clears throat> Acts' account of this same event makes known the where of the going. Where are we to go? Well, you start right here in Sioux Falls. <laughs> That's your Jerusalem. Okay. And you go to your Judea, okay, which is what I call the High Plains region. Okay. Then Samaria. And then ultimately to the uttermost part. Come on, we have a responsibility we can have missionaries like the Petrakos and others that, that go where we can't or it's not convenient or workable for us to go, but thank God others will go in our place. But come on, we're all involved in the going aspect so that the teaching can be made known. Yeah. So you go, you teach, and then, again, timely for tonight, you baptize. <laughs> and you know what's really involved? Come on, read the, 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 the text there when it first was practice there in Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> they that gladly received his word, that's, we're saved. We're what? We're baptized and then what? Added to the church. Chase and Wyatt, you're going to be added to the church here tonight. Amen. You'll be members. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else is getting baptized tonight, but hey, we're supposed to get them in. Amen. Come on, believers need to be in the institution that God established to carry out his business. You say, well, I don't have to go to church to serve God. Well, no, you don't, but if you're going to serve him scripturally, you're going to be in church. That's right. Come on, that's the institution he established to carry it out. And it goes again to this place of authority and order. God's a God of order and authority, and he's put his authority in this institution he's established to do his business. So again, get it right. 
Come on. We're supposed to be biblicists. Yeah, do it right. Get in church. So when you get saved, come on, you need to get baptized. That's a public testimony. I've said baptism is basically three things. First of all, it's a public testimony that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. You need to let people know that. Amen. Don't keep it to yourself. Again, this whole thing is a responsibility. And then secondly, it's a prophetic picture of what's going to happen to our bodies if we die before the Lord comes back. He may lay us in a grave six feet under. We're not staying there. (laughs) I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. We have the promise of the resurrection. But then thirdly, and most importantly in the practical sense, it's the door to church membership. Jesus is the door to salvation. You don't have to be a church member to get saved. saved. I thought I'd get an amen there. You don't have to be, come on, we're not saved by works. You don't don't have to be a church member to be saved. You trust Jesus Christ, your Savior. But then again, we we sang it tonight, following in his steps and and doing what he would have us to do. If you're going to do it his way, I'm telling you, he wants you in his institution to carry out his business. So again, baptism is the means by which you become a member of the church. And I hope You understand you don't just take a place in some pew somewhere. Church is a lot of things. Someone said it's a a schoolhouse where you learn. Come to that here in just a minute. It's also a a clubhouse. (laughs) We enjoy fellowship. It's good. Come on. (laughs) But it's also a workplace. We're supposed to be about the master's business, and so we're carrying that out. Someone said it's also a woodshed. <laughs> the Lord works you over sometimes. Come on. If you don't get worked over, you're probably in the wrong church. Yeah. And some said it's a hospital. Come on. Yeah, you get, you get mended, and you get helped, and you get, get, made, get made well, spiritually well. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of things, but hey, it's the place God's established for us to be involved in. And then the discipleship part, which is the teaching, teaching them to observe whatsoever, things whatsoever I have commanded you. Come on, that's one of the things we're here on Wednesday night. We want to, we want to be reminded of things. And I would say, if you've been in church very long, you're not going to come and say, whoa, I never heard that before. <laughs> Particularly, we're getting into the Great Commission here tonight. I'm not bowling you over. Boy, that's a new revelation. No, I trust that you understand that, and you've probably heard it again and again. But we need to hear it again and again. You know, much of education, I'm talking about going to school, is repeat. Particularly in the elementary grades, they say about the first third of the next year, you're just repeating what you've learned the years before. Come on, we need to be reminded. There's all kinds of admonition in the Word of God about being reminded of these things. Okay? And so part of teaching is that, but, but then it's also exhorting. It's also motivating. Sometimes it's also convicting. Yeah. So again, that's a part of our assignment. Our assignment's very clear. What what do we do now, Lord? Well, he tells them, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're supposed to do. I said, this is what you're supposed to do. And then your ability, sure. I like this, the last part of verse number 20. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Don't tell me you can't do it. Well, I'll tell you, you can't do it if you're trying to do it by yourself. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He said, without me, you can do nothing. But come on, with him. Someone said it this, I've heard it many, many times. God and me, that's a majority. Come on, with God, all things are possible. And he will enable me 
Come on again. He's not going to call you or command you or give you instruction on something to do. He will not enable you to accomplish it. Don't tell me you don't have the capability to accomplish the responsibility of the Great Commission. Oh, yes, you do. Lo, I'm with you. Come on. Thank God he's with us. Yeah. And he starts it out there when he's saying, all power is given to me. He has the capability. He has the ability to enable us, to empower us, to accomplish what he's charged us. Yea, given us a responsibility to fulfill. Look around. It applies to all of us. Nobody here is going to say, well, it didn't apply to me. Oh, yes, it does. It applies to every one of us. By his very presence, I am with you always. Thank God for the, that's what I like about the New Testament age. <laughs> the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon them and enable them to do something, then the, the Spirit would depart. New Testament, he comes and stays. <laughs> if you're saved, you know it, say amen. amen. I'm talking to a lot of saved people here. Every saved person here, the Holy Spirit's in you. Amen. You are the very temple. And he dwells within you. Amen. Come on, give it this. I'm, I'm powerful. Yeah, well, not by myself. But he has enabled me. He's given me power and capability to accomplish it. And here's, here's what I like. Have you got a red letter edition? If, you, if you've been reading this, what's the last word? It's in black letters. Amen. amen. You know what amen means, right? I said, you know what amen means, right? Help me here. What's it mean? So be it, yeah. The, really, the, the, the scriptural response to this great commission by everybody that it applies to, what's the qualification for that it applies to? You gotta be saved, okay? But if you're saved, it applies to you. And the biblical response to the great commission is, amen. <laughs> so be it, Lord, because he's given it to me and he's given it to you. And every one of us needs to respond, yes, sir, right away, sir. What a privilege. <laughs> what a privilege to serve our Savior and to engage in the primary responsibility for which he has left us here. I said a moment ago, we're laborers together with God. Amen. That's the response. Amen. Brother Jet. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.